Good morning. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse uh, 25 this morning. Husbands, I'm glad you're here. We're going to be taking a look at us and what it looks like to love our wives in this beautiful covenant of marriage. And one of the things, again, I want to remind us of as we enter into this passage is that marriage is to be a wonderful reflection of the love of Jesus Christ for us. That we cannot forget God's example and that for whatever reason he chooses to use marriage to symbolize bridegroom and the bride and so that our love in him would reflect that as we love each other. And I don't want us to forget Ephesians 5.21 which speaks to both the husbands and the wives and to those of us who follow Jesus Christ, which is that we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, that we choose, because we're followers of Jesus, that we will submit to each other, place ourselves under, because we follow the Lord. And so we serve each other in the strength of Christ, because it is pleasing to Him, and it is good. So it says to the husbands in verse 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. This is the call to husbands to just love our wives. Agape love in the Greek. A self-sacrificial love. A love that is the deepest kind of love. A love that is dying to the self, husbands. For God so loved the world, so agape loved the world, that he gave his one and only son that whoever should believe in him should not perish, but have life everlasting. And so here is this call on husbands to agape love, the deepest form of love, our brides. And you go, how do we do that? The truth is we need help. We need examples. We need marriages that show us how to do this. Thank goodness there was a report uh, that just came out, actually an awards ceremony, and it was for the Best Husbands Awards. And so they have photos uh, that they sent on how to be good husbands, and I wanted to share a few of those with you uh, at this moment. (laughs) The first one here... What I appreciate about this husband is that he is sleeping next to the uncomfortable bike in the tent and allowed his wife to sleep on the comfort outside of the tent. This man, she asked if he would smoke outside and she wanted him to get some exercise. And so this is where they headed. Next husband of the year, she, she wanted a personal trainer. And so she's carrying all the weight. Wanted to have a nice little walk and talk. Again, these husbands that lead us and show us the way. Husbands of the year. This one, a little hard to comment, (laughs) as these two women are in the cart uh, being pulled by their husband somewhere down the path. And this final one, where she wanted to hold hands. And I thought it was a beautiful image. 
a call to be husbands, how do we do it? We want to be, we want to be, dear wives, listen to this, we want to be good husbands. We long to be good husbands. We want to love you well. And as godly men, it is a striving of ours to do this. And we want to love you in a way that is in our creation as men. Uh, Dr. Uh, Emerson uh, Egerix, he wrote, uh, he wrote this book, Love and Respect, which is a good book. Uh, recommend it. We have some in the library. I know we don't have a lot, but uh, I'd encourage you to pick it up. But one of the things that he says in his book, which I appreciate, is he says, for us as husbands to love our wives doesn't mean that we have to become pink. It doesn't mean that we are called all of a sudden that we have to get into touch with our feminine side. We're men. I think what we need to be in touch with as godly men is we need to be in touch with our Lord. And what He calls for us as husbands, as men, how to have a godly love towards our wives. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? One of the first things that we see is that it was a sacrificial love. It was a love that gave everything. Mark 10.45 says, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom on the cross for many, that his life was about service. His whole being, his character, he emptied himself, Philippians 2, and took on the very nature of servant. Husbands, love your wives in a sacrificial way. Greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his brother that we are called to give our all, to give our everything for our brides, to serve her with a sacrificial love again, which means a giving up, a dying to our demands, agape, the highest form. And again, you go, husbands, I know as you hear this, you go, how do you do this? And as you read this passage, as men who desire to seek God and how to be husbands, you, you quickly realize that it is humanly impossible to love this way. And so we're reminded as we go back to Ephesians 5.18 that says, I don't want you to be drunk on wine. I don't want you to be filled with wine. I want you to be filled with the Spirit. This is truly the only way, husbands, that we are able to love our wives in Christ. We cannot do it, we cannot agape love, a sacrificial love, an emptying of our self-love, unless we empty ourselves and are filled with the Spirit of Christ, a calling out to the Lord and saying, Lord, I seek you to teach me how to love my wife. I seek your Spirit to lead me in how to love her well. And so today, Father, give me your sacrificial love in my heart. Remember in Galatians 5.22, and the fruit of the Spirit is agape. Do you understand that? As followers of Christ who are filled with the Spirit, 
the fruit of the Spirit and only of the Spirit is agape love. And so we beseech the Lord to pour that into our lives, serving, sacrificing, a humble spirit as we love our wives in the power of Christ, as Christ loved us, as you experience His love, that we pour that out. I think for us as husbands, oftentimes there needs to be a continued renewal of our thinking. We made this, this covenant, again, many marriages here, or whatever church you were at or setting, and we made a covenant to our wives, and where our thinking continues to be refined and sharpened is that the covenant wasn't, and this is a 50-50 marriage. If you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. As you do for me, I will do for you. It needs to be equal. That's not what Christ calls us to, husband. It's 110%. It's all of our being. It's, I will serve you just because I am covenanted to you before the Lord. And that's His example of loving the church. Not because of what you do for me. Not with an expectation that since I'm doing this, then you better respond in somehow serving me. It's a giving of our whole being to our beautiful brides that God gave us. And you know what the truth is? That many times as we walk through our covenant together, our marriage, for husbands as we're serving and we want to give up and we want to love well, and you go, this just doesn't seem fair. What? I have to give up spending time with these people over here because my wife wants more time with me? I don't want to give up. That doesn't seem fair. What's she doing for me? I don't think it was fair to go to the cross. Love as Christ loved the church. It's not about what is fair. It is about dying to self and in the power and only in the power of Christ, loving and serving and sacrificing and giving up some things, because your wife longs to be loved by you. And she has every right to have that longing. Some husbands say, you want too much for me. I'm sorry, did you marry your best friend? Your buddy, Joe? No, you married your wife, who is, should be your best friend. Your covenant is with me, your wife is saying. And that's true, husband. And there's a call, a renewal of our thinking. Loving headship is amazing sacrifice. But I think the sacrifice is worth the beautiful intimacy that comes when we choose as husbands to love our wives and as our wives love and respond to that love poured out and intimacy develops that both of us long for in our marriage. It creates that intimacy, that naked and unashamed, I can pour out my life to you, I can tell you I need you, and you respond. We stand before one another, open with one another. You know, here's one way that I think husbands, just in a practical sense, that we can learn to to enter into sacrifice, learn to think about what it looks like to serve our wives. And here's what I do often. I know many of us, as you work hard all day, 
Many times it's the husband who is gone all day, and, and again, there are a lot of days that it's a hard day at work. Maybe you've gotten hammered at work. Maybe you're just exhausted. But when you pull into that driveway at home, here's what I want to encourage you to do. To just stop. Don't get out of your car right away. And sit before the Lord with your expectations of, typically, when I walk through the door, I want to be served now. And say, Father, I am exhausted. I have had the worst day. Now, Lord, would you somehow give me your spirit as I walk through that door and my wife, who's been with my kids all day, being a loving mom who has exhausted from pouring into their lives, would you help me somehow, I don't know how, to serve my wife? Even though I feel like she should serve me. Truly, pray that prayer. And pause. It's a sacrifice. It's a giving up. And trust me, when you love your wife that way, you know what? She'll love to serve you too. She'll love to care for you in that response. But if you come in with this expectation of I just need to put my feet up on the couch and nobody bother me, honestly, guys, it's just selfish. It's selfish. It feels good, and you feel like you deserve it, but you're not a single person anymore. You're covenanted in relationship, and many of you have children, and now you're a dad as well. So sacrifice, especially to love your bride. It's a sacrificial love. It is a sanctifying love. He says this, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing her with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. To sanctify, that means that she is set apart. She's put into a class all by herself, and she should be. She's your bride. She is the one at that day of the altar you stood here and husbands, you set yourself apart to say, I am your husband. And wives, you were set apart and you said, I agree to become wife. And that day, husbands, she was set apart unto you to be your wife. And she is set apart unto you to love her alone. That she's the only woman in your life, truly loved. Like husbands, like we are loved by Christ, again, we pour that out. And that your wives would experience the love of Christ again in the way that we love them. She's set apart unto that. She needs to know that she is a one woman. She's a one, you are a one woman man that your heart and your mind are focused on her, your love affection is focused towards her. What are some ways, husbands, that we can do this and love our wives well? We can ask the Lord to guard our eyes from wandering. You know, you ever walk down the streets and a beautiful woman passes by 
And we need to ask the Lord, Lord, guard my eyes. I'm right here with my beautiful bride that you've given me. Let my eyes be focused straight ahead on you and on my wife. One of the things, wives, that you can be helpful in in this, because men are attracted, we are visual people, we're stimulated visually. God has made a lot of beautiful women. Here's what my wife does, and I think it's great. As, as we're walking somewhere, and let's say a very attractive woman walks by, she'll be the first to comment, and she'll say, isn't that a beautiful woman? And I'll say, honey... She's just a hamburger. <laughs> you are filet mignon, babe. No, she's not looking for a response. She just acknowledges. And she helps me as a man. To recognize, yeah, you know what? God created beautiful women. But truly, you're my focus. She needs to know that, men. I hope you tell your wife that she's beautiful. I hope you remind her how gorgeous she is. Another way that we can love our wives and that she knows that she's the only one we're focused on is in our scheduling of time of our day. Do we spend our time in a way that just kind of fits her in? Or is our schedule an open book that when she calls or there's a need, that to your best of your ability you try to respond? That of course, honey, yeah, you can call me at work even. If you need me, if, if you want to spend time, if you want, it's an open book. I schedule my life around our life. You're my oneness. I die to myself to love you. I want to love you. I want to be with you. She needs to have that sense of I want to be with you. Not just, well, I got 15 minutes on Saturday, we can hook up. It is a scheduling of our lives. <clears throat> One of the things that I was reminded of in my study and, and things I've learned over the years, one of the great fears of women is that she doesn't want to be considered an object. She doesn't want to be considered your maid. A lot of our wives really do. They take care of the home. They do a lot of the laundry. They, they clean up. I mean, they really love us well in that. She doesn't want to be considered an object. That there's no pouring out of gratitude. She's not the chauffeur. She's not the maid. She's definitely not your mother. The only object she should be is the object of your affection, of your love. Because her great fear is that she becomes just that she does all these tasks for you. An object to be taken advantage of. She's not that at all. And one of the last things I'll just mention in this area of making sure that she knows that you are focused on her alone is that she needs to know that she is more valuable than your kids. I'll tell you one day what my dad did to me, and I'm not saying this is the proper way to parent, but it helped me. And it stuck with me for my life. Man, one day I was getting after my mom about 12 years old and I was I was cussing at her uh, I was just beyond rude and my dad was in the other room but he heard this fight going on 
Ah, okay. And he did this as I was laying into my mother in a very ungodly way. He picked me up, grabbed me by both shoulders, by my shoulder blades, and he slammed me up against the wall. And he said, son, I love this woman long before you were ever in existence. She is my wife. Never, ever again will you treat her like this. I knew very clearly from that day on that she was the most treasured to my dad. She needs to know that she is everything to you. That she would see the love of Christ pour out through you. It's a headship that sanctifies. It's truly an amazing call that the Lord has placed on us as husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ has loved the church. Sanctify her, set her apart like Christ has set apart the saints of the church. And you begin to realize what an amazing responsibility comes with this command. That somehow, somehow God uses us as husbands to be this instrument in our wives' progressive sanctification that we are helping her to move closer to Christ. Obviously, we are not the Savior, but we're a humble partner in developing her spiritual beauty. And I think the question, husbands, that we need to ask is, are our wives becoming more like and falling more in love with Christ because of their relationship with us? Because of their covenant with us? Are they drawn to the Savior because of the way that we love them in Christ? And does she know it? Does she know her beautiful uniqueness? One of the things that again reminds her that she is set apart is our wedding rings. One of the cool things that my bride did for me is that 10 years of marriage, we were here for uh, David and Christy G's wedding, and Kina was in the back with me, and my first wedding ring, somehow it shrunk on me. I don't know, the gold, it was bad gold. <clears throat> and uh, threw that thing away. But she, she slipped off my old ring that actually literally had to cut it because it just got too small. She slipped it off and she put on, as they were giving their vows up here, she slipped on this new ring which has the Hebrew on it that I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. We're set apart. She is my wife. She knows I'm her husband who loves her, that we're in covenant together. Husbands, you need to wear your wedding rings. I know sometimes when you have to go to work and it's dangerous or whatever, or some of them, again, have shrunk on you, but wear your wedding rings. It speaks to her that you are covenanted in covenant with her.
We die to ourselves. We sacrifice. We continue to love her, as the Scriptures say, by cleansing her by the washing with water through the Word. We move her towards righteousness. We're moving her towards Christ. We're setting her apart. Our lives are to feed into her life the love of Christ because someday she, like we husbands, will stand before Christ. And as Paul tenderly cared for the church in Corinth, he said, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, and that is to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to Him. Our wives are to be set apart, washed with the Word. Our Lord Jesus prayed, Sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy Word is truth. There are two words in the Greek that speak to Word. One is logos, which is the written Word, and the other is rhema, which is the spoken word. Husbands, love your wives. Wash her with water through the rhema, the spoken word. And I find this to be significant. Because we know, husbands, that our wives love to converse with us, to speak with us. They love to be in communication with us. They want to talk with us. They long for that desire. They feel love through verbal communication. And what you'll find of most women is that their love language is quality time in which they sit with you and and speak with you. And their other love language is words of encouragement that we speak into their lives. That's very common for our brides and for women. And so the Lord, I think, is calling us as husbands to speak into the lives of our wives. This is truly a sacrifice for us as husbands. It is. It's challenging for us. Some husbands just don't do it. They don't want to do it. There was a, a CNN story. I thought it was hilarious. This guy in Germany, they reported this guy. This, <laughs> he got arrested, the gentleman did. But here's what he did. Every time his wife would kind of start to talk with him, and then she'd keep talking, and he wouldn't listen, so she would get a little louder. So he had purchased, uh, from the, the old war, he had purchased an air raid siren and put it on the top of his house. And whenever she would start speaking too much, or whenever she would get too loud, he would flip the switch, and the air raid siren would go off in this little town in Germany to keep her quiet. And eventually the police came and arrested her and asked what was going on. And she's saying, I would have to get so loud, he's such a mule. And he would flip it on and say, I just can't take any more. She longed for him to enter in in communication. And he wouldn't do it. Not only wouldn't do it, he just shut her down. Husbands, we turn on the air raid in a lot of different ways. We walk out of the room. We just don't respond back. We put up our newspapers with sort of a nod. And our wives are longing to be spoken to. And God has called us as husbands to speak into their lives with the Word of God. Not only the Scriptures, 
but things that are edifying, things that build up, things that are purifying, things that remind her of her godliness, things that remind her of what a good woman that she is. And that we speak truth into her life. In the book, again, Love and Respect, it it says, wives don't just want face-to-face time. They want heart-to-heart time. They want to be close. It's not just about spending time with your wife. It's about listening to her. It's about talking back with her and feeding into her life, growing more intimate. I'm in this uh, Young Married uh, growth group with Young Married, actually several married couples, but uh, it's a group that is just focused on marriage. And one of the tasks this week was to, was to go over a list of questions with your spouse. And you guys, we need to do this sometimes. We get so stuck in a rut. Fill in the blank. You made me feel loved when? I like being with you because. I appreciate you because. I admire you for. Help each other with statements like that. But husbands, feed into your wife. I appreciate you so much. Because of the way you prepare, I tell Kim this a lot. She teaches our children's ministry. She prepares like you wouldn't believe to teach that. I love the way you search the scriptures and try to come up with a way to teach third through fourth graders. I love that about you. Speak into your wife's life. Listen, be open and understanding, a listening ear that doesn't just try to fix it. We do that, don't we, husbands? We just try to fix the problem. And she's going, I'm dying inside. I need you to hear me. Don't just fix the mess that doesn't respond to my need. My deepest need is that you understand where I'm at and that you would enter into my life. Present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle. That your love poured into your bride has kept her moving towards the Lord has kept her from falling into sin. Because again, she will, along with you, husband, stand before the Lord. Revelation 19. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and His bride made herself ready. Fine linen that was bright and clean, she was given to wear. The image of coming before the Lord pure, without spot or wrinkle, that you are in a love relationship with Christ. Again, husbands, we are not the Savior, but we sure can move our brides closer to Him. And that one day we will stand together before the Lord. I think again the other way that we present as clean is that we present them as pure with a reputation before our community of all of her goodness, of her godliness, of her beauty. That hopefully when your wife walks into an office party or some sort of gathering, instead of like, oh, there she is, it's, ah, there's Rod's bride. We've heard all about her. That you aren't husbands who are slamming your wives to your friends or to your co-workers and especially men, not to other women. But that she walks into a room with a reputation, and like Proverbs 31, her children will arise and they will call her blessed, and her husband also as he praises her. And he will say this, many women 
do noble things, but you surpass them all. Wives, I want to make this comment. This passage does not mean that you do not sharpen your husbands in the Lord. It does not mean that you are not a partner to help your husband grow up in the Lord. But the Scriptures are very clear that this is a command from the Lord, not a suggestion, that we are to love our wives this way. We husbands are the ones to be reflective and thinking upon. Have I spent time in bringing my wife into the Word? Have I spent time in washing her with truth? Have I been the one who has purposefully been leading and and being a loving head to our family? We are not suggested to do that. We are commanded to do that by Christ. Husbands, if you're just sitting around doing nothing, you stand before the Lord in judgment of that. We are called to this. And together, hopefully, we are coming together, husband and wife, in our oneness and falling more in love with Christ together. He says you do this you, like you do, you care for your body, that you feed it, you nurture it. It's a tender term there, that you take care, you don't abuse that beautiful bride. And that you care for, it's actually cherish. It's the idea of making warm the heart. Husbands, are you making warm the heart of your bride that she knows the love of you and because of that also experiences the godly character, the love of Christ through you. Like coming out of the snow into a cabin that has a beautiful fire going. And she goes, ah, I rest in this. My mother is French. And she always uses the term of my dad, mon chéri. Mon chéri, cherish my warmth of my heart. Call each other that. Mon chéri. Okay? Christ loving the church. Presenting His oneness. Again, the great mystery. He loves the church. He doesn't cast us away. He loves us when we're unlovable. He blesses us when we don't deserve blessing. He's faithful when we are unfaithful. He's full of grace. He forgives us. He's patient with us. And husbands, when we love our wives this way, the longing of our heart that our wives would respect us pours out from her because she sees the godly character of you. And our fear, which is that we are not adequate, is alleviated because, again, as we sacrifice, the respect easily comes from our brides to hold you in high honor and to say to your husbands, I love you because of the way you love the Lord and the way you love me. I respect you in your godliness and in your life. Oh, husbands long to hear that. And when wives say, you love me so well, husbands feel so good about trying to be a loving husband because we want to. And there is oneness, this beautiful gift of marriage. Father, thank you for our oneness, this incredible mystery that you've given us. Thank you for the gift of marriage.
And I pray, Father, through your Spirit, that you would empower us both, husbands and wives, to love each other well, to reflect your beautiful image of your love for us. And we give you nothing but praise, Father, today for our spouse that you've given us. It is a gift from you. And Father, again, help us to love each other. And thank you for beautiful marriage. In your precious name, amen.